this is Creating Grin. Join us as we play Dungeons and Dragons. Around Ye Old Table, throwing dice, telling stories, and creating legacies. My name is Eric, and I will be your Dungeon Master for this special character background one-shot. With me is our newest member of the Crit Crew. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Ashley. Uh, you might have seen me in a couple of videos in the last season, and I'm uh, excited to get started and play along today. Awesome. Do you want to tell everybody who and what you'll be playing? Uh, so, I am going to be a snow leopard tabaxi, uh, mainly a fighter, mainly an archer, and live up in the uh, frozen wilds of the north. The mountains are my home. Till I've struck a bit of wanderlust, I suppose. Still a fairly young in her race, so, you know. This chapter will be titled a giant frost. So let me set the scene for our listeners and viewers uh, as I look to Runa. Is that correct? Runa, yes. Uh, you are a member of your clan's Frostwatch, an honored position given to a warrior of your tribe who patrol and maintain the watch at the wall. You've been a part of the Frostwatch's rotation for nearly four of them, so four years. You have seen very few major threats to your village, a frost mare, or the surrounding area. And that is until the last several ten day or weeks, when the seasonal prey hunt or hunting party set out to resupply the village food supply never returned. Hmm. Since then, several search hunts have been regularly sent out in search of the Lost Hunting Party, which has all come back with no success. A rustling of your igloo's door flap startles you awake. You draw up your thick fur blankets, looking around as you notice your fire has dwindled to a glowing coals, leaving the surrounding air very brisk. The voice of your Frostwatch commander can be heard from the thick leather and fur door flap of your igloo. Runa, you're on the search this eve, so dress appropriately. You're to meet the hunt at the north gate. Sickle of Ice, or Sickle as you know, is hunt leader. Report to him for further orders. Eyes slightly blurry, still adjusting to the dim light from the glowing coals of your dying fire. Steam rolls from your nostrils and mouth as a slight shiver waves over you. Do you want to give a better description of what you look like? Um, so, I... Probably am right now in not crazy warm clothing because we're got natural fur, uh, but I have longer fur on the top of my head that's kind of braided. There's uh, really bright colored beads braided in, a couple little feathers and such. Nice. Um, I've got some like medallions that hang apart from you know precious stones and obsidian and jade things like that. So, what would you like to do, Runa? Oh, well, first I'm going to give a nice big stretch, because I love when the commander wakes me up this early. <sighs> and I'll probably go and bank my fire, just so it's not going to go completely out, because I know it'll be a very long, cold night. I will grab my armor. I've got some a mix of like leather with a couple plate pieces, so still light enough to be able to give me good movement in the mountains, but, you know, 
enough that if there's any problems from the orcs that dwell in this vicinity, we'll be able to take care of them. I holster my big pack that I've got already prepped and planned and strap on my trusty sword and then start for the door. I'll have uh, my longbow right there, put my quiver on and walk out. So you start making your way, moving through the village uh, in the very early hours. The village is very peaceful as the native igloos are dark and quiet. Large iron braziers filled with flames are spaced roughly about 20 to 30 feet, forming and lighting the boundaries of the main roads uh, within the village. The sound of crunching crystallized snow echoes through the cold early morning air as snowflakes softly fall and then begins to slowly flurry. You see in the distance five silhouetted figures standing around one very large iron brazier off the sides of the north gate. The closer you march towards the silhouettes, the more detail you begin to make out. As you see the tall, silvery, gray, thick-furred, male tabaxi, Sickle of Ice, aka Sickle, as he warms his hands from the brazier's flames. Standing off to Sickle's right, you notice the pure white-furred, lean, average-height female tabaxi of Flakes of Snow, aka Flakes one of your best and longest friends in the village, as she motions for you to hurry and join the hunt. Picking up your pace, you notice off to the left a sickle, the black and white spotted fur, very muscular, tall male tabaxi, Winds of Frostbite, aka Frostbite, whom you have had altercations with in your past, as the name Frostbite is befitting him. The last two you identify warming themselves around the, uh, the Breezer's flames are the twins, both of them very lean and nimble, small of stature with calico fur and thick long whiskers, a male and female duo which you have worked with in the past. The brother is named Slippery Ice, aka Ice, as his sister is called Heart of Fire, aka Fire. Arriving at the warmth of the brazers, flames, you are greeted with a pleasant welcome from all except the frostbite. As he leans in whispering to Sickle, you can make a perception check if you would like to nose in on that secreted, quieted conversation. As I don't like frostbite very much, I will definitely try to listen in. Let's see how good my perception is going to be. Alright, alright. Fair bit. Fifteen. Oh, so close. Oh, no! Um, well, you can tell that the intensity of the conversation has to do with your arrival. So you're assuming he's whispering something not necessarily happily to the leader, uh, Sickle. Can I tell, like, what's Sickle's reaction? That's a good one. I'll give you that with a fifteen. Sickle seems to be like a parent that is literally tired of hearing a child... Tattletale, essentially. Gotcha. <laughs> so it's it's not quite an eye roll, but you get the gist that Sickle really doesn't want to hear it. He's just letting Frostbite kind of vent, if you will. So as you've arrived, what now would you like to do at this point? I'll give a nice heads up. Hi, Sickle. Everyone. Uh, when do we head out and where are we going? Flakes is going to saddle up next to you as she is your closest and best friend. For our listeners and for a little bit of your backstory, she's about, I would estimate, 35 years of age, very spunky fighter. Um, her father also served on the Frost Watch. 
uh, and has actually served with Sickle's unit until he was no longer able to do so. As stated before, you guys have been childhood friends. You know that she compulsive. she's very compulsive. She tends to get herself into trouble more often than needed. And you have kind of developed this kind of bond to where you're kind of the only person outside of her family that can kind of help control her compulsiveness, if that makes any sense. I'm the, I'm the stoic mom friend. I gotcha. Uh-huh. <laughs> One thing you do know based off like the previous, let's say, couple weeks or whatever, her younger brother was one of the lost members of the seasonal prey hunt, and his name is Frost of Night. So he would have been probably a couple years older than the both of you, and that is that. So as you kind of arrive, everybody kind of gets themselves together. As Sickle gets everyone's attention, says, all right, all right, all eyes on me. We've been tasked by Frostwatch Commander Glacier to travel north and search the Glacial Waste Pass for the missing seasonal prey hunt. Our hunt will be the last hunt sent out to search for this missing seasonal prey hunt. So check your gear, bundle up. As you all know, it's several days march into the frozen valley of the Glacial Waste Pass, and there is nothing friendly to be found along the way. Sickle slowly walks towards the north gate, where several guards await to open the gates for the hunt to leave Frostmere. Looking around, you see everyone is checking the gear, they're bundling up as they move towards Sickle. As the entire hunt catches up with Sickle at the north gate, guards move to open the large gates that kind of keep everything safe and secure inside your village of Frostmere. As Sickle begins to move out beyond this eight-foot-tall wooden palisade wall that surrounds and protects the entire village, as everyone has cleared the gates, the guards will start looking to make sure everyone has joined. I'm assuming you'll... Yep. Um, already had everything packed you, and ready to go. Awesome. You will have... Let me double check the names, because there's a lot of names here. There's a lot of names. Um, <laughs> Flakes, who is your childhood best friend, is going to say, I'm glad you were able to join the hunt. Do you think we'll find him? I'm really worried about him. Referring to her brother. I know you are, Flakes. And this is the last one that's going out, so I guess we gotta find him. I have, I have faith that the gods have protected him. As everyone has cleared the gates... The guards are quickly closing them behind the party. Your dark vision f- uh, fully kicks in as the wind intensifies, ruffling any exposed fur. The flurring snow quickly transitions into a steady snowfall. The group marches over to a decent-sized log cabin with an attached stable. Warm, inviting light is seen from the windows of this cabin, as well as a soft lantern light that glows through the attached stable. Silhouettes can be seen moving about the front of the stable, and the sounds of dogs can be heard. As you get closer, you see three large sleds packed with supplies. Attached to each of these sleds are a train of eight snow dogs. Sickle walks up to who seems to be the trainer as he shares pleasantries. After a few moments of conversation with this trainer, Sickle looks to each one of you and yells, Bear up! you assistant, my lovely wife, turn over the hourglass for us on the table that's literally in front of my dungeon master screen. Thank you. Now, you have this much time on the hourglass to determine who you think should pair up. I'll let you kind of determine that, who you want to pair up with. If there's any conversations or anything you want to roll for, this is, this is your time to do it before you sled on into the cold night air. 
Oh, well, I'm gonna go with, uh, like in real life. I love the dogs of all sorts, so I'm gonna go my special favorites. Probably have some jerky in my pockets for him. Awesome. Give him all some greeting. Uh, we're gonna stick with tried and true, and I'm gonna go with flakes. Okay. Uh, for the first part heading out, I'll probably take the lead musher position. Okay. Because she likes to race up on these slopes, and we've crashed a couple times. Sometimes. Don't want to repeat it. Awesome. So as you're doing that, the dogs are very grateful for what you've done. You seem to slowly develop a relationship or bond by kind of giving them a little bit of jerky and treat. They respond well to that. I'll give you an inspiration point for doing that. Thanks. Flakes wants to mush the dogs, but you quickly curve that and <laughs> kind of instruct her that maybe she would be better looking out and, and, and things like that, scouting. And uh, go ahead and give me a persuasion with advantage on that and see how well this turns out for you. Oh, good thing I have advantage. Oh, yes, wonderful thing I have advantage. And persuasion. That'll be a 21. Excellent. So, you know, you're crafty with your words, and you know Flakes very well, and it doesn't take too much to convince her where she needs to be, and she is grateful and happy to do it. As you look around to the other parties, you're going to notice that um, Frostbite and Sickle will pair up, and you notice that Frostbite does literally the same thing, only not so persuasive. He literally physically kind of, like, picks up... Uh, by the collar, if you will, Frostbite, and kind of pushes him out of the driver's seat or the mushing position. Um, you notice that Frostbite is kind of positioning his sled to be the lead, and you're going to notice that the twins, Fire and Ice, will pair up on theirs, and they will kind of, like, pull off to uh, the little left side, keeping enough distance so that the dogs don't tangle and stuff. Uh, spatial awareness is very important. Now what I'd like you to do, since you are driving this I am driving. dog sled, is give me an animal handling check. Alright, let's see. Okay. Not trained, but not bad. Alright, that is a 16. Okay, that is pretty good. Um, to, for the sake of time and our listeners, we don't want to drudge through multiple rolling of the dog sleds. So we'll montage this a little bit. What I'd like for you to do, let's see, you've rolled an excellent animal handling, so that's good. Uh, I'm going to actually have you roll a d20 to represent Flakes, if you will. Ah, Flakes. What's she going to do She's going to She's <laughs> going to make a survival check, essentially, to help guide you through the weather and, you know, kind of watch out for training, et cetera, et cetera. Let's hope she is a good scout. Uh, well, rolled a nine, so... That's not terrible. Uh, the weather is the weather is fairly good, so that reduces the difficulty a little bit. And I'd like to have you roll me a percentage dice. Ooh. Let's see. Alright, that is 23. Okay, so... Hopefully it was good. Over the next couple days, you really don't encounter too much as far as, like... It's more like a frozen tundra. You're heading out there. This is probably the furthest you've ever been from Frostmere. Uh, the weather gets atrocious. It goes from gentle snow uh, to a steady snow to a rain snow, like a sleet mix to where it kind of pelts and stings exposed portions of fur. There are times where you have to pull the sleds over and kind of like take a moment because the weather becomes too intense and everybody kind of huddles up and, and, and 
does that. You are able to kind of create a barrier with the dog sleds, if you will, kind of like a circle or a wagon train, I guess you would, and you'll camp in the center. Camping's a little rough. Uh, it's hard to stay warm. Temperatures are really low, near zero or whatever, and the wind chills, they, they will cause you to, to got shudder. got some frost on my whiskers, huh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're definitely getting your survival test on this trek. Is there anything you would like to do over these next couple days of travel? Huh, well... If I've never been out here, I mean, I know there's probably just, you know, snow, more snow. Correct. White. Hills. Yeah. <laughs> Ice. Maybe a couple gullies that, you yeah. know. But I'll, you know, kind of be taking it in. I like mushing. I was really good at it. So we'll go with, you know, I do this. It's nice to just get out with the dogs. And even though the snow is falling, I'll probably have bundled my hood up. Probably have glasses and such. But Awesome. Okay. So... You do notice that there are some clear nights in which you kind of have an aurora borealis effect in kind of traveling, which is, you know, very nice to look at. Pretty. The colors are greens and purples and blues, etc. I would also say that flakes seems to be a little less conversative the further you get away. Like, she seems a little nervous or on edge. Uh, on the other hand, you seem to be getting a little bit of pushback from frostbite to the point where Sickle is kind of having to rein him in a few. He, he kind of tries to antagonize you a little bit to start something, but it's quickly diffused and everything goes back to normal. If you would go ahead and give me a, another animal handling check to represent the next couple days of travel and then roll one for uh, Flakes as well. Whew. Whew. That one is a five for animal handling. Okay. And Flakes... Rolled a seven, so... Okay, so at one point during the next couple of days excursion, getting that much closer to your destination, you guys actually will kind of get lost, get veer off trail. I would say it costs you an extra day's travel. You don't really encounter anything dangerous as far as like wild animals or crazy monsters you will burn up a little bit more of your rations. So if you have rations, make sure you check those things off. Um, any supplies, you're gonna be kind of burning extra supplies to try to stay warm or whatever, but your party is adequate enough that they will actually double back, find you, hook back up with you, direct you on the right path, but you're getting a, a pretty shitty stern look from yeah. Sickle as you've Probably cost... some gloating from Frostbite. Oh yeah, he's definitely, I hate more than definitely doing that. Alright, so the mood is a little somber over the next the last half of the trek or the trip. So you guys will set up for a long rest, you'll do go through your routine, and then you got about a day and a half or so to travel. So you want to go ahead and give me one more animal handling check and one more check for Flakes of Survival. Same. Five. Well this is just dandy. It is, man. Whew. Okay, so this this is going driving. to cost quite a bit of things. Uh, Flakes did get A12, so... Okay, so yeah. her survival will pull you through. What happens is, unfortunately, the weather intensifies, it gets bad, you will lose a dog. So you're down to seven dogs as opposed to eight. That is, that is kind of the big, <laughs> the big sadness that waves over. Sickle is going to approach you and say, are, are you able to do this? This is twice. We've had to kind of double back and bail you out. You're costing time. I have faith in you. Can you do this? I know, Sickle. I I really... 
I'm gonna keep trying. It's, you know, just a lot on my mind. We're, this is the last one out there. You know, I've been trying to look around. I know I'm not gonna see anything, but you never know if you're gonna see something in the distance. So I've been real distracted, but I'll, you know, get it back in gear. I'll stay focused. Like, I, I know what's riding on this. Awesome. So at this point, it's cost you guys about two days, longer than it should have. Supplies are getting really thin. Everybody's burning extra supplies because it's, you know, they weren't anticipating much more than maybe an extra day. So now everybody's kind of looking around. Meals are a little bit lean. You've lost a dog. Uh, I would say that Flakes is a little bit more on the downside. She's not her chipper, chipper kind of uh, cantanker herself. She's a little bit humbled, if you will. Uh, what? Tell the listeners and viewers what your current mood is at this point. Like, where do you see yourself? So, obviously, I hate that I've you know made these large mistakes. This is a big outing for me. You know, I've never really been out this far. Important search party, so I'm frustrated at myself. Frostbite's been just hounding me and making comments, and he's, I'm so beyond done with him. I'm trying to not show too much of it, because I know Flakes is having a really hard time. And so just trying to kind of reel in my frustrations and stay calm and not especially snap at her. Okay, okay. But Frostbite, eh, uh, okay. he might get a little, get a little, uh, snarkiness. Okay. So the next morning comes, you're cold, you're tired, you're starting to get a little bit hungry because you're trying to ration your rations, essentially. You guys will gather remaining gear and supplies, load up in the sleds, and move onward. Go ahead and give me one, hopefully, final animal handling check, and one more survival check. I hope. Wasn't that one? Oh, okay. Let's see what. Oh, oh, wonderful. We both rolled that ones. Okay. So we're not in combat, so you Please can't don't like fall into a crater. <laughs> you can't critically fail that bad. But go ahead and give me the total, like your total number, one plus what you. Uh, so sword. animal handling plus three, so four is okay, my so you total. Have a total of four. Okay. At this point halfway through the day you are going to have your um, your harnesses on your dog will break and they will just scatter so you're down you're down to like two dogs the rest of them run off kind of going around if a good survival check was rolled unfortunately now it's going to have flakes essentially yep. be able to kind of rein them back rain in, in but they just take off they're gone you're down to two dogs your sled has suffered a little bit of strain and stress from rough terrain you guys have traveled you do fall significantly behind. Your party is going to have to kind of come back and help support you get to that extra length. And instead of arriving kind of during the daylight, you now arrive very late in the, in the wee hours of the morning as you have exhausted, everyone's kind of exhausted their ration supplies. They're down to like maybe a ration or so for the trip back. Everybody seems to be looking a little bit cantankerous and angry at you and Flakes. The one person you feel that's judging you, and I guess it would be considered a good way, is Sickle. He's stern like a parent, but you can see he's wanting you to succeed, so he's, he's doing it, trying to keep pushing you onward. Flakes is in a bad place. This is going to mess with her brain and psyche for a little bit. 
But you do arrive, and when you do, you would have heard, essentially, the sound of Sickle calling out to his dog, dogs to stop. It's just like, whoa! It rings out as all the other drivers will bring their sleds to a halt. You see before you two large mountainous glaciers that stand before the hunt. There's a very narrow passageway, somewhere around 15 to 20 feet that can be seen. Glacial Waste Pass. As Sickle points out the narrow passageway, we set up camp near the base of the glaciers. We tie off our hounds. We'll travel on foot from here at morning's light. So Sickle will pat Frostbite on the shoulder as his sled makes his way to the base of the glaciers. Everyone else will follow suit as you all kind of pull near where Sickle drives the party, the hunt party, and everyone kind of starts setting up tents and whatever. What would you like to do as Flakes is very nasty and short with her words towards you at this point? I will attempt to regain my calm, uh, but we're probably very tense with each other, you know. I'm, like, it's one of those, you know. Like, it's like a sister. I swear I like, checked the harnesses. Wasn't me. Weren't you supposed to double check them? I mean, and, oh, I don't check them. Pole. If someone would quit riding on the rough ice and trying to, you know, catch up because they're constantly getting lost. Uh, uh, You're supposed to be the lookout. I mean, I was looking out. I can't look out and drive at the same time. Duh. She's got to walk on. She will move over towards the twins and begin conversating with the twins. I'll probably just take a look. Like, whoosah. I'll go back to our pack and start pulling out all of the stuff for the tent. Uh, stakes and stuff to get it tied down. Sure. You know, all the good. Awesome. You hear a voice from behind you. So, just like your father, aren't you? Unable to do right. <laughs> As you look back and see Frostbite with his condescending tone. I told Sickle not to take you. You'd only slow us down, and I was right. Well, I guess a clock that stops is always right once a day. Frostbite. I don't know what that means, but sure, whatever. That's what he said. <laughs> How do I know you weren't the one that sabotaged our harness? We both checked them. Oh, well, maybe. Who knows? He's going to say with a smirk on his face. Just try not to get yourself killed or slow us down tomorrow. Okay? I'll be keeping my eye on you. <laughs> maybe you should keep your eyes on the ice so you can drive a little faster and straighter without damaging your sled. That caused me to just grip my teeth. <laughs> just say, shut up, Frostbite. Go oh. away. I don't want to deal with you. Oh. Yes, no problem. I'm going to sip on a hot beverage over by the fire we've started. Uh, Ta-ta now, is what he'll say. Arrogant little orc-faced jerk. <laughs> the mood has been set. You're, you can feel kind of your, your blood rushing, you know, as you're angry and, and, and slightly insulted, maybe a little hurt. The emotions are kind of all over the place at this point as Flakes comes back and, and assists the best she can. It's essentially like if you ask her to hand some steaks, she just kind of chucks them right at your feet. It's not gentle. It's You can tell there's a little tension or more tension than normal between you and her. I swear I checked those reins. I don't know what went wrong. It just went, and they ran away, is what she says. You know, Flakes, Frostbite was over here. He made some comments. I think he might be trying to sabotage us. You always blame him for these things. You know that, right? 
it's always his fault. Some way, somehow, it always comes back to him. If he wasn't such a jerk all the time, and I wasn't thinking about all of his stuff, maybe I would have been able to drive more. It's it, it all goes back to him, Flakes. It always goes back to him. Don't give me that look. I know you... I what look? I'm not giving you a look. Not one look whatsoever. No, here, let me just help you with this tent. She begins to assist. She can feel the tension. Listen, I'm not blaming you. I'm not saying you're wrong. It would not be a surprise, or I would not put it past him if it was him sabotaging it. Maybe we just need to calm down, get a little food in our bellies, get a good night's rest, start over fresh. Yeah. Although, we don't have much food to spare. We're gonna have to hunt something for the way back. We'll worry about that on the way back. Tomorrow, hopefully, we find these this hunting party and we bring them home especially my brother she kind of gets a little slumber I'll notice that she's definitely deflated and I'll go up and be like it's okay Flakes no matter what happens you know, we'll we'll find them we'll get your brother back thanks is what she says choking back a little emotion and tears the night passes on further um, the temperature gets colder uh, the two of you kind of Huddle together, keeping each other warm in your tents. The wind howls, the snow blows. It's miserable out here. How anything could live out here is beyond your train of thought. But you are able to manage a little bit of sleep. What I would like you to do is to give me a survival check for both you as well as Flakes. And you're looking at about a 12 or, a different set of dice. 12 or better for that survival check. And this is going to determine if you get a rest or if you get exhaustion because you can't sleep. Okay. Well, I hope they're kind to me. Okay. And you said survival, right? Correct. So I got a 20. Okay. Not natural. Dirty 20 for you. And... Wow, 19. Okay, Plus looks whatever. like the dice gods have decided that that combination is perfect for you. Each one of you use your survival skills and find different ways to kind of cut down the wind. The temperature increases the best it can. Like I said, you guys huddle together. You get a good night's rest. So a long rest is achieved, which is perfect. The next morning, roughly about 8 a.m. or so, it's still windy. But you can see and even feel the tent, the, on the tent, kind of the sun as it begins to kind of glow, as it is, is yep, warming up a little bit. Um, you peek out a little bit, see an occasional flurry, but nothing more than just a look up at the bright blue sky. Goodness yep. gracious, thank yep. you. You will hear Sickle as he says, "Everyone, up! We need to get moving while the light and weather is in our favor." After spending the time to bundle yourselves and gear up packing away all your things, the hunt will begin to march into Glacial Waste Pass. Step after step crunches and sinks into the cold crystalline snow, slowing everyone down a bit. So at this point, because of the conditions of the snow and the thickness of the ice and the stuff, your party is going to move about five feet slower than normal. So if you move at 30, you're moving at about 25, like a dwarven's pace. But that's mostly because of heavy snow and ice unless you've got something in your bag like cold weather gear or something like that mm -hmm. 
point, I thought I had... Ah, yes, I have uh, Krampens that yeah, okay. put those on you know, the bottom of my feet. Okay, so you, <laughs> take, of my you take a brief boots. moment and you kind of move over the side, clip them and get them all strapped on. So that'll increase your speed so you're back at your normal speed. Nice. Um, everyone else is like, oh man, wish we would have thought of that. You will see Sickle as he already has a pair on. And he says, I told you. Get your gear and prepare. This is a lesson. Um, everyone else will have disadvantage on athletics and acrobatics checks for movement purposes. So if you're doing something in the snow, it'll be a disadvantage for all the other members of your party. After about 30 minutes of marching, you and your party finally have made it into the pass. Sickle looks at everyone and says, Keep your senses sharp. Look for signs of survivors. Glacial Waste Pass is very dangerous, with various wild creatures and hazards as he moves further into the pass. What would you like to do as you begin to notice everyone kind of like being cautious, moving slowly, making perception checks? Go ahead and throw a couple rolls. Say, so who's, uh, who's the better tracker usually versus me and Flakes? Okay, what's your survival? Uh, plus five. I am proficient in it. She's a plus six. Okay. So you can, and she's proficient in it, so because you're both proficient, or at least one of you, you said you're proficient, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can use the help action essentially to give advantage if you want to do that and use her as kind of the, the perception or survival person, or if you want to roll, you just tell me what you want to do. I think I'll let her take the lead. She always, she needs to be doing something. Okay, that's a good. And so I'll, you know, he said help out i'll try to point out some and you know, we'll see if we can find more ice areas we okay. can see if there's any you know cracking or anything uh, any place that the wind hopefully might not have gotten to you know in the past okay how so, long has the party been missing um i think I, let me go back up to the top here i'm pretty sure it's like several weeks so we're probably looking more for less tracks and more like, signs of right of survival, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's like probably three, almost four weeks at this point. So at least a, D&D works three weeks is a month. So it's been a, a little over a month or out a month at this point. Go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and roll for her on this one. She'll have it. Do you want to help her out with Yep. Yep. So we'll go with the advantage. She's going to have 16 total, which is pretty darn good. We're off our game here, man. Um, Getting close. Let me find it. She is actually going to be the first one to notice signs as she begins to look and she says, Hey, over there. And she keeps it between the two of you as everyone else is kind of creeping around looking very similar to you. They're using their survival or perception skills. When she points probably about 10 feet off to the left, you're going to see what looks like a piece of uh, a wood fragment that's kind of jutting out of the snow a little bit. It looks like it could be a plank from a snow sled. It could be a piece of bracing that holds the, you know, the sled part together. And she's going to like move over slowly to it. What would you like to do? Uh, I'll probably you know take a look. She's going to go check it out. I'll go with her. Probably try to... I'll look around and see what the others are doing. And uh, until we know if it's like something worthwhile i okay. probably won't have any of them over until we've dug it out and examined okay. it a little more so go ahead and give me a perception or an insight give me an insight check to read the party 
Good at reading people. Uh, <laughs> only sometimes. Oh, no, I'm really good at reading. That'll be a 24. <laughs> okay. So the twins are doing their typical thing. They're moving very slow. They are kind of looking at different things, and they will kind of come up, come across something that they think is important, and they kind of call Sickle and Frostbite over. Sickle goes over, and Frostbite stands where he is, and he's just, I'm going to do my own thing, kind of continuing on. After you kind of get that read, you see they've they found something. And like I said, Sickle's investigating. You look back to your friend Flakes, and she brings it over. And it is. It's, it's a piece of, of wood, that same type of wood that your village would use to make sleds, like a piece of planking or something. She's like, this is not good. It's got a lot of ice on it. And you can see there's a lot of buildup and ice where it's about a month's worth of, you know, ice and snow kind of built up and crusted onto it. You see there's a look of worry, because your insight's good, on Flakes' face. She's now getting into a bit of a panic, thinking that the worst has happened. Flakes, calm down. How many times did I break our sled almost coming up here? Like, uh, it's treacherous. I know, I know. It means nothing. I know, but we didn't even bring our sleds in here because it's very narrow. I don't why would they have brought their sleds in here? Like, was something haunting them? Were they in danger? Uh, was somebody hurt? What, what could have been going on, is what she says. Maybe there was a band of orcs and they couldn't use the base camp, so they wanted to bring everything in the pass. It, it doesn't mean, you know, it's, it's a narrow, they might be down further on the other side, and without that, you know, the sled and everything, they knew they couldn't make the journey home. So maybe they've just been waiting for us. You're going to hear Sickle say, Over here! As he kind of waves the party over to where the twins are. Gonna make sure, look back, that we've marked that area at least somewhat. You know, if it's if we had to dig it out. So if we walk back over here, we'll know where exactly okay. it was. Okay. Just in case it might. Perfect. So you got you can you got a marker or something, some type of identification, so you can find it again. Okay. When you move over to where the twins are, you will see that they've kind of dug out. It it appears to be bone. It looks obviously cold, iced. There's still, it's not like been picked clean, so you can see it looks like there's tiny bits of fur and flesh that have been f still attached to it, maybe a, a tendon or two. Doesn't look pretty, but it's just like one singular bone, possibly a femur, if you will. And you can see that Sickle looks a little concerned. I was going to say, did she see it yet? Can I, because this is going to be really hard for her. I, I am going to say that... You'll be the first to see it, and you can determine if there's something you want to do to intercept her, or if you how you want to play this out. I'll let, uh, this is your your backstory. You tell me what you would do. Uh, I think I'll kind of turn to her and be like, "Hey, you know, I just had a thought. Will you go a little bit further beyond where we were? See if we can find any more pieces. I think there was a little depression. Maybe something got blown in there. That's a good idea. Here." I'll go uh, see what Sickle thinks, and we'll meet you back over there. Go ahead and give me a persuasion, see if you can persuade him to do so. As everybody's kind of chattering and huddle around this. Ooh, persuasion is a 21. Well, she rolled a 19. I'm going to check her stats. I think she may just have that. I was going to say, I rolled a 19, too. And then I got a plus two, and if it matters, if it comes down to it. Okay, she has nothing to add into that, so she just has a 19. So you have a 21, you said? Yep. Okay, that's a good goal. Yeah, that's, that's, okay, I'll do that. And she kind of, like, moves at a quickened pace with a gleam of hope in her eyes from your comforting words. Now, I'm going to take a few moments here to set up our 
glacial waste pass with my handy dandy assistant, the lovely wife of mine. I'm going to hopefully do this right because I'm still learning how to use Foundry myself! That's why I get worried when I touch it. <laughs> That's what she said. Anyway, <laughs> so you will have to size the map to fit the one inch miniature. So you can put your mini on there and then just kind of like use the wheel to shrink the square roughly about that size. And then there should be a alphabet column and a number column, kind of like a battleship, if you will, and try to put them within the frame of the screen. As my lovely assistant attempts to build the three-dimensional portions of our map. As she puts that together, do you have any questions or anything up to this point? You want to discuss or talk about? Um. Say, what is what's my standing in my tribe? I kind of envision that I'm not. I'm not like on a low. Obviously, I've got people that I beef with, so to speak. But right, right. Come from a family of hunters, and we've. I, I would say that you're well respected amongst the tribe. I think you have just like any kind of civilization. There are always going to be those haters out there that are you know, thinking they're better or that you're not good enough or things like that. I will say that there is a fondness between Sickle and you. Sickle has worked with your, your family through the years, along with Flakes' family. So there's a lot of uh, mutual respect there. He doesn't show favoritism towards you, but he's very just and fair in his decision-making things. But he's definitely encouraging as far as trying to keep you on that path. He sees something inside of you that... You know, he, he likes. Got the spark of a great hunter. And then, I don't know, I... Brothers, sisters? I don't know, you tell me. Do All you, right. Would you have any siblings? I think I want to have a couple siblings. Awesome. You're yep. hearing it. This is an exclusive here on Crediting Grin. We're, we're uh, fleshing things out here. I like it. couple siblings and parents. Um. Parents deceased. It's a typical D&D. Oh, they were slaughtered in an attack on the village. I'm going to say my dad's still around, but okay. um, I'll say I'm the youngest child. Okay. So he's... So you've got older siblings. Right. They're awesome. Two older siblings. Awesome. We'll go with a brother and a sister. Nice even. All right. And uh, maybe mom has passed away, okay. but we've still got dad. And he's, he's been a little lost at home since he isn't uh, really able to go out on the missions anymore. And, you know... Mom died a few years back, okay. so it's it's been a little hard for him. But so I have the token set on our map. You can put your miniature inside your token to represent you. You should have access to your token. So whatever you decide to do with your miniature, just make sure you place your token underneath it, so that I can kind of see on my end what's happening. Okay. As you've convinced your friend to make her way further to investigate, I'm going to go ahead and have... She would have run to here. As Frostbite is standing around here. Fire and Ice have moved probably about here. Here. As Sickle kind of stands over them. So this point here where it's pinging is roughly where they found the bone. I know now you got things in your way. It's a little tricky. Alright, so you're there, and after they kind of look at everything and they're, they're taking this in, there's really no way to identify who this is. 
There's not much to go on. But, but you will hear Flakes holler and scream, Over here! Over here! I found something! And she seems excited and worried at the same time in her tone. I'm gonna say, hey guys, uh, I know this is important, but can we keep this a little hush-hush? Maybe just put it in our pack for now? I don't, I don't want Flakes to think the worst. We can do that, is what Sickle says. And you'll see the twins both say, yes, we agree. And they kind of do it do they in do unison. A weird, yeah, yeah, that weird twenty unison thing. The weird twenty thing. Yeah. Come here. Uh, Frostbite is going to jog over. He'll make it to about here. Flakes is going to kind of dance around what she found. What you find? What you find? And as you approach, you will see a crunched up, destroyed sled kind of slammed into the ice bank. You'll see some of the reins of the dogs have snapped. Uh, and are kind of like loosely hanging. The wind might be kind of blowing, uh, you know, the tattered bits a bit. I will say at this point that Sickle is going to start walking. He gets them out here. The twins are not too far behind. And as everyone kind of settles into this, there is this kind of ominous, almost like a, a rumble, if you will. Is the boss music playing in the background? I mean, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> It does kind of shake the ground that you're in, or on, sorry. Fiona, are we, is it the rumble of an avalanche coming, or is it no, rumble of no, orc feet? No, it's, it's very subtle, but you can, you can feel the vibration, even through your boots. Um, and you will hear kind of this very guttural, how do I put this, like a, not a moaning, but a very guttural kind of, he woke me up from my nap, kind of like a, a grimace, maybe is a better term. Um, and you will actually look back uh, in this direction back here. Abominable uh, snowman that we uh, just woke up from his nap. Uh, no, actually, go ahead and give me a perception check. We'll see if you can spot this before anybody else. Game Masters, are you searching for new lands to build your next epic conquest? Perhaps the next battle map to have your adventurers reconsider their life choices. Then consider taking your tabletop into the world of Solaris by adventuring forth to our digital shop at coffee.com backslash There you can purchase exciting setting and battle maps used in Season 1 as well as Season 2 of Grin to upload to your favorite virtual tabletop. Prefer to go old school? Print out these beautiful setting and battle maps on parchment to lay forth in front of your adventurers and watch their faces fill with curiosity and excitement. That's ko-fi.com backslash grin where your next adventure awaits. Thirteen and eighteen. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, the two of you, both Flakes and Runa, you'll look back and you'll see kind of crawling out of this cave, this ice cave. Step Ooh. off the screen here. We have an ice cave. I like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm immediately like kind of slowly. Put that like right at the entrance of the cave. But I got my bow out, and we are, you know. Not quite drawn, but at the ready. Okay, okay. You are going to see how oh, this will be fun. Let's see if I can do this. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and my next will be, shh, guys, frost giant. You will see a large frost giant kind of ducking out of this, this glacial cave as he stands up and he says, hmm, breakfast has come to me. And um, the two of you have got, what, what would you like to do? Because uh, you two are the first to see what has happened. Um, this is always the always the question. Shoot first, can ask questions later. Do we have nice frost giants in the area? A- any that might any, come to trade? Any or? stories or things or encounters that other people have had with frost giants have never been friendly. Okay. This right. was your four, first encounter uh, with a frost giant. He's very large. Uh, he is armored, and he looks hungry. Okay. Uh, well, gonna get an arrow and gonna give him a little uh, welcome call, so to speak. Okay. I'm going to say at this point, Flakes. I'm gonna roll something here on the screen. I'm going to say that Flakes is probably in the oh my god stun phase, to where she's not gonna be quick enough to react. So I will let you go ahead and make one arrow strike, and then we will roll an initiative. Alright. Please be nice. Uh, okay. Not bad. I think I've got a plus. Yep. So a 16. A uh, 16 will strike the frost giant. <sighs> yes. Whew. I was afraid with all that armor we had on. And I got D8. Well, that's still plus four, so that is going to be seven points of damage. Okay. So you take seven points of damage, and now it is time for an initiative. So you can go and roll your initiative, let me know what you get, and then if you would open up your initiative tracker so everyone can see. Eight, well, plus four. So I got a 16. Okay, so the initiative is already set. You are sitting at about third, right behind said Frost Giant. First to go in our encounter is going to be the head of the hunt, which is Sickle, as he's going to yell the obvious. Frost Giant! He screams. He is going to pull forth his weapons. Let me double check his weapons. He is going to pull forth a a longsword. He is going to take his free hand, which will be his right hand, as he pushes the twins kind of back, telling them kind of to spread out, fan out. And then he's going to step up 5, 10, 15, 20 feet by your side, and he is going to hold an action for any close encounter with this frost giant. So if he comes within engagement, he's going to strike him. That's what Sickle is going to do, is the frost giant is next on the encounter, and he is hungry, and he is going to say... He's moving in. He wants some breakfast. So he moves. 10, 15, Tabaxi are friends, not food. 40. So he charges 40 feet currently there. He is going to pull forth a wicked looking great axe. And he is going to swing at Sickle because he has a reach of 10 feet. Sickle is kind of unable to trigger because he's not within striking distance. Our frost giant takes a swing at Sickle. It is going to be really good. He rolls an 18 plus a high modifier. He will strike Sickle and when he hits, he hits with ferocity. 
It's going to be three of these, so I'm going to go the first one, which is five, the second one, which is one, that's good, six total, and he's going to go two, oh, nine, so he's got 15 points of damage on Sickle. So that's going to hurt. I think if you hover your mouse over Sickle, you can see the health bar, so you can kind of keep track of where your allies are, of how damaged they are yeah. or not. That will end the Frost Giant's turn as he's going to like start putting his hand into his side satchel to fish for something. It's going to be your turn as you watch your mentor and kind of the head of your party just take a massive wallop. Uh, his nimbleness helps him avoid significant deadly damage, but he takes a, a, a shot for sure. Um, well, who are my, uh, my other party members? Are they usually ones that'll get right up on things? That's a great like, question. I'm an archer, or are okay. they ones to stay back? Okay, like, so are... Flakes is a bit of a, a fighter. Okay. She's, she's going to be by your side, back to back with you through hell and high water. The twins are roguish. They're very nimble. They like to do a little sneaky sneaky. Frostbite is more of a... Useless he, piece he, of junk. Well, no, he's, he's not necessarily <laughs> useless. He is a... I'm trying to... Not quite a paladin, but um, I would consider him more like a knight-like fighter. Okay. Like he's that, um, you know, a Gaston. Perfect. Aha. You know, yes. he, he's got the tools. He just doesn't have... The brains are the personality. The, the, yes, exactly, to kind of put put him to make him an ultimate fighter, if you will. So that's kind of what you're working with. Okay. I'm going to shout back to Flakes. I'll be like, Flakes, be like, hey, <laughs> come flank him. And help Sickle out. I'm gonna go try to get some high ground to get some better shots off on him. And then I do have a climb speed of 30. Awesome. And so I'm going to also use my feline agility, which lets me double my moon speed. That's amazing. So, now, just so you know, we have three-dimensional terrain. They're one inches at the lowest point. And I think it goes up to four, so it's like every inch is I'm thinking of going up this feet. way. So, okay, so five feet, like, to this level, and then another five to this level, or ten? This one looks It's going to be ten. Ten so on this one? Okay. So, so five like to this, 15. ten more up? Okay. Yep. No, five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, twenty-five, thirty. He came up here. He couldn't quite swing at me from there, but I should still have good, good range on him. So, you climb up thirty feet. Go ahead and make sure you move your miniature as well as the digital uh, yes. token so I get a My rough idea token. of where you're going. And uh, I'm going to shoot some more arrows. Oh, I'm go ahead. Definitely... Give me an athletics check, too. Okay. Yeah, let's do that to, to see if you charge up without a hitch. Uh, that is a 13. Yeah, 13 is good. You'll, you'll make it up there. Okay. And then... Bang. First one uh, probably misses with a 12. A 12 will miss. Sails high. A little slippery up here. The, wi my... the wind interferes with the shot. <laughs> Second. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. That is another 16. That will hit the frost giant. And... Ooh, nice. It's going to be um, 10 points of damage. Right. Piercing if it matters. Okay. That was my action surge. And right now I don't have too much more fun stuff, so I'll end my turn like that. All right. Um, actually, can I 
You said he's reaching his hand into a pouch, right? Correct. Can I try to shoot near that area? Like, I'm not going for the weak point in the armor. I'm trying to disrupt, like, either shoot his hand. I don't know if I have enough shenanigans to be able to shoot the pouch off. I'll I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I'll do. If you if you only deal half damage to him, so we'll give him five points back. Okay. I'll let the arrow slip through the ring and kind of lock it, if you will. Like he's, he's trying to fish through, open the pouch up. Okay. All right, yeah. We'll say there's a little like hook there, and you'll you'll cause him. He'll have to use an action to fish what he was going to fish out. Okay. So I will give yeah. him five back, and we'll do that. So his his pouch is essentially jammed or locked, or it's not an easy reach in and grab. We'll have to actually physically work for it. And that will end your turn? That will end my turn. Alright, we're going to move to Frostbite. Frostbite is literally Gastanis. He's going to pull forth his short sword and is going to begin marching. 5, 10, 15, 20. You know, Frostbite fits 25. With sing the little... 30 no. feet, and he's going to swing like at this frost giant. <laughs> As he rolls a 19, he scores with a 24 to hit. Show off. And he's going to roll for damage, which is this dice, a d6. And that is going to score a total of 7 points of damage on our Frost Giant. Does he, uh, Frost Giant, do these seem like to be, you know, the damage that we're doing affect him at all, or is I mean, he just you're, brushing it off you're like nothing? Seeing, you're seeing the evidence of hits striking, but it doesn't seem to be... Slowing him down at no, much right no, now. No, no, no. He's, he's fairly healthy. This is amusing at this point. It's not yeah. annoying yet. But that will end Frostbite's turn as he is there to aid Sickle, and we're going to move to Flakes, which you instructed her to help with Sickle as well. So what she is going to do is she's actually going to pull forth her short bow, it's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 25 feet right here. There's a cluster of rocks, big, tall kind of rocks. And she's going to take a shot before entering those rocks for cover. So let's see what she generates. That's going to be a total of 10, which will not hit. It's really slippery ice. It's very slippery Very slippery. She is going to take her remaining movement and to move into here. I'll tell you what. Roll me a percentage dice. We're going to say that if you roll 50 or lower, the ground is more tampered and not as slick as it was coming in. Because if you remember, when you guys were marching in, it was preventing a bunch of things. So if you get 50 or lower, we'll say that this terrain is kind of just is good. If it's 51 or higher, then she's got to slow down and won't be able to dive into cover. All right. Let's see. That's a 70, and I didn't bother to roll the other ones. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, she's slowed down by the ice, and everyone else will be as well. And that will end her turn, and it's going to move to ice and fire. And they're going to move in a tandem, and they are going to go 5, 15, 20. i start climbing, and I'm going to roll for their athletics. It's going to be just enough to get them out there. That's about what they're going to be able to get to. They're going to pull forth their short bows, and they're going to go ahead and take shots. So we'll start with fire. Actually, ice. It's I, oh shit. Ice rolls yeah. one. Yeah. Therefore, ice uh, is going to. Hmm, I'm going to say ice because they're close to the edge. Is going to actually lose, like fumble the bow, 
and it's going to like bounce on the edge. They're going to attempt to dive for it and actually push the boat off the edge. So they'll be prone, kind of looking over the, the edge of the cliff side there, the, the, and uh, the bow is on the ground. Fire is going to fire her bow, hopefully. That's going to be a 9 plus the number she has, which is a 5, so that's going to be not enough. It's going to be 14, so it's going to miss. It's going to go high as well. We're going to come right back to the top of the order as Sickle is going to charge forward, swinging his longsword. He is going to score with a 14 plus his modifier of 5. And he's going to do a multi-attack. And he's going to swing again because he's pissed off. So his first strike hits, his second strike on the other hand is not going to. That's going to play out interesting. So let's roll the damage on the first strike, which will be a d10. 2 plus 3. So he does 5 points of damage, but he gets a little too cocky. And on that second one, he's going to swing. And I'm going to say as he does, the giant is going to just take his massive mitt and kind of grab his arm and begin to kind of pull him up since it was a crit fail. So he's starting to lift him off, kind of pinning his arms together since he was swinging. Sickle is in a sticky wicket. The Frost Giant now is going to elevate Sickle into the air. So for everyone watching, and I'll try to do my best for you listening, on the second strike, he's kind of coming back with his long sword. He's got a two-handed. He's going to get caught by the Frost Giant, who just essentially, like, like a parent with a child, grabs both of those hands in one grasp and just begins to lift him up right like eyeline uh, as Sickle is kind of kicking his... Uh, little boots there the giant is going to kind of toss him like a ragdoll uh, he's going to throw him back towards the cave so I'm going to have the frost giant make a athletics check for throwing a cat That's we a, do not condone throwing cats in real life <laughs> I mean no we don't uh, 9 plus 3 it's 10 so he's not going to go as far as he wanted him to but he will toss here. I'm going to give a disadvantage dexterity roll to Sickle to see if he can kind of tumble out of it. That's going to be not enough. So he is going to take 2d6 because it's at least 20 feet of falling damage. Two and... So he takes 8 points of falling damage, Sickle does, and he's prone. Uh, his sword will also be tossed a 5 or 10 feet away from him in a random direction. It just plunks into the snow and ice. You'll have to try to find it. That... Let's see. The Frost Giant did that. I'm going to say that's going to end the Frost Giant's turn. The only other thing he would do, maybe, is he'll step up here. So he'll step up a little bit more in Flake's position area, as it'll be your turn, Runa. Okay. Uh, I'm going to harness my fighting spirit which allows me to get advantage on my weapon attack rolls until the end of the current turn and um, set myself down you know all of my training really kind of hone in and make sure I get these shots because they need to count mm -hmm. so don't fail me now um, five and nine Plus eight, 17. 17 will hit the Frost Giant. Goodness. Ooh, awesome. That is 12 points damage. And that is good. So, your shot strikes. And now he seems a little bit more focused on looking in your direction. You've got his attention. So he turns his attention from Flakes, which he was moving to. And now he's more focused on you. 
Is there anything else you would like to do? Hmm. I'm a I'm a tough tabaxi, and I'm not gonna like pee my pants and tear. <laughs> <laughs> right. But uh, I might try to kind of hunker down a bit. So okay. actually, I don't think I don't know. If he's he's probably tall enough he can see me up he, here. Yeah, like he could, he's, he's, he's yeah. I'm, it wouldn't matter. Yeah. I mean, the instincts are good. So uh, just crouch down a little. I'm like, don't mind me. I'm just a little snow rock. <laughs> All right. So Frostbite <laughs> is going to give out kind of a warrior's cry. He's going to charge uh, as the Frost Giant is focusing on you. So he's going to attack the backside of this Frost Giant, he hopes. As he swings with a enough to hit him. And he's going to deal a d6 plus numbers. And he's going to deal... Oh, yeah. Okay, so he's going to do seven points of damage again to this Frost Giant. Now the Frost Giant's, like, picking up his leg, kind of looking, like, between his leg, and it's like, what's going on? He's starting to get a little annoyed now um, as these strikes are becoming a lot more effective, and I would say that is going to end his turn currently. I would say Frostbite would, would kind of antagonize him. Come on! Come get me! You know, typical machoism. Flakes, on the other Small hand, is <laughs> going to step into some cover amongst the kind of rock collection there, the big pillars of rocks, and she's going to attempt to shoot her short bow again. And again, she is going to miss. And that is going to be sad for her. As she is going to look at her bow, and she's going to look at you in your direction. She's going to look at her bow, and that'll be her turn. Uh, she will have some, like, about half cover amongst the rock pillars and fire ice. Ice is going to climb down and get his bow. We're going athletics check to see how he does. Yeah, he gets down fine, gets his bow. He'll stay down low, kind of waves his sister fire to take off. So she's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20 feet there. And once he has his bow and fire has their bow, they're going to go ahead and take shots. So we'll start with ice as he is going to just miss this frost giant. And fire is going to go next. And she will also miss. The twins are not being very helpful. They will keep the position, knock their arrows, and bring it back to Sickle. Sickle, who is hurt, is going to pick himself up, dusting himself off, and is going to change over. So his sword is no longer near him or in his hand. He's going to pull out his heavy crossbow. He's going to line it up, sight it, and he's going to fire at the Frost Giant. We'll see how good that goes. It's much more effective than I thought. The crossbow will strike with a 18, and he is going to deal D10. That's the wrong one. Ignore that. This is the right one. He'll deal 9 points of damage with his crossbow bolt. And now this giant is becoming angry. And he is going to move... The remaining bit of speed he's got in a limping motion. He's going to move amongst those rocks with Flakes for some cover. As Flakes seems very concerned with his condition, the Frost Giant is now going to take his massive axe and it's going to just kind of do this half swing, kind of twisting himself to try to go after Frostbite, which I feel like Moon is going to be like, yes, please do that. So he swings. He's got. Not actually, I don't think he's going to hit with that. Yeah. Let's double check the AC of your Ice is treacherous. Actually, he will just score. 9 plus 5, my math is correct, is 14. 14 is what he needs, meets, beats. 
So he's going to deal 3d12. So he deals 8. He deals 19, because he rolled 11. And that's going to be 24 points of damage on... Um, sorry, Frostbite. And Frostbite is hurt. And I'm even going to say Frostbite's going to go back <laughs> a little bit from that impact. It'll be R- R- Runa's turn. You're up. Okay. Party doesn't seem to be faring so well. We definitely aren't. So, uh, once again, I have a limited number of times where I can, you know, dig deep and focus, but these shots definitely count, so I'm going to channel my fighting spirit and... Ooh, doggies. Thank goodness. You are not being nice to me tonight. Um, <laughs> 18 plus 8... 26. I did. And. Not a lot of damage, only six. Okay, takes six damage. Um, I want to, uh, for the. Since we've established that I know orcish and giant, mm-hmm. I'm gonna yell some insults at him in giant. Okay, go ahead and give me a. I'll make it a performance. Okay. Let's see how. My performance is... Yeah. Well, it's seven. You yell something. <laughs> you sure do. My nice high squeaky voice. That's <laughs> super terrifying. This is how chihuahuas feel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, frostbite is going to kind of push back or push off of that kind of uh, rock and ice or that glacier and is going to charge back into the fray. He's going to swing with his short sword. And is going to have not enough. He just misses. Uh, he seems defeated. He's he's never missed this much. But Flakes oh, is going to <laughs> <laughs> kind of move out from the rocks 10 feet. And he's going to line a clean shot, hopefully striking with her short bow for the first time. That will do it. And it's going to be that, d6 plus numbers, and it's going to be five points of damage. Okay, and then she's going to move back, taking cover behind the, the large stone pillars, kind of the collection in the center of the pathway there. Ice, fire are going to continue to do what they're doing, and hopefully not miss. They're going to just line up some shots. We'll start with ice since he's first. He's going to... Nope. He's going to break the bowstring on his bow, and he's going to curse something fierce. And fire is going to give a... wow. A miss as well. 9 plus 5 is 14, and they are striking out. Ice. I'm definitely, like, glaring. Like, what? what's up with you guys? Right. Ice has doing? missed uh, too many times and has broken the bow. Is now going to pull out a dagger as he moves, and he's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20, along kind of the glacier, the curves of the glacier. Fire is still content being high with the bow. She will not move. It's going to bring us back to Sickle. Sickle is going to line up a shot, stepping through kind of those stone pillars. Uh, He's going to line up a shot with his heavy crossbow as he's going to raise, aim, fire, hopefully this D... Wow, okay. Rolls one. How many ones have been rolled tonight? That's way too many. Uh, so his crossbow is going to jam because the bolt breaks. Like 
the, the mechanism that launches it, mm -hmm. kind of gets it and just snaps the bolt in there. So it's going to take him a full action to clean out that heavy crossbow. Uh, that's effectively ending his turn. He's going to step back, trying to get more cover from those large stone pillars. And the frost giant is going to step here, but he's going to do so in like a turning motion because most of the attacks are coming from behind. So he's going to face essentially frostbite, ice, fire, that kind of direction. He's yeah. going to take another swing. He's swinging for frostbite, so it's a, a low swing, and that's definitely going to hit. And frostbite is going to take six plus six for twelve plus three. That is a 15 plus modifier. I actually feel a little bad for Frostbite. 21 points of damage to Frostbite. Uh, Frostbite goes down. His his body is going to go with the motion, and he's going to fly in a diagonal pattern and slam. You just hear like a wet bag of cement just against this stone pillar. Uh, there's some crunching and cracking as he just kind of slumps down. Not sure if he's dead or unconscious, but he's definitely out of commission. Runa, you're up. You get the feels now. You didn't. You didn't want Man. him to suffer that bad, right? Like, yeah. we ain't friends, but nobody wants. No to one wants to, get to that be hurt. Right. like giant food for right. breakfast. Right. Uh, hopefully, uh, that make me a little more determined. I'm gonna use my last bit of you know like effort I can challenge down for my grit. And okay, nineteen. So. 27 to hit. It does. Yeah. Focused. That will be nine points of piercing damage. Okay, that's enough to get his attention as he looks back over his left shoulder in your direction. Once again, trying to whatever string of insults that I hurtled at him before didn't work. I'm trying next set, you know. Sure. Instead of like, you know, I'm thinking I'm really cursing. Sure. It's like, how's the weather today? I would say that this time no roll is needed. I, you'll, <laughs> you'll conjure up something pretty basic that works to get his attention even further. Insulting him. Frostbite is out of commission, so he's not going on this initiative. Flakes is going to begrudgingly step up. And then she's going to use her athletics to pull back Frostbite. We'll see how far she can get yeah, she's got enough uh, with her D20 roll on top of her strength in athletics. So she's going to drag him, hopefully out of harm's way. So she'll get him right about there with her numbers. Ice is now going to charge up as he pulls forth a second dagger. So he already had one pulled, now he pulls the second one out. And he is going to attempt a multi-attack. One strike and then he'll use a bonus action with the second so his first dominant actual strike is not going to hit the bonus action. Swing with a dagger is not going to hit as well. He whiffs twice, so much so the giant doesn't even pay attention. He's focused more on Runa. Fire is going to knock an arrow, take a shot. She is going to hit finally with her short bow and is going to deal quite a bit of damage. I'm pretty sure that's nine points. I'm going to double check here for I think it's three. It is, so she'll deal nine points of damage on that. So he kind of like swats his giant ear because it kind of like hits him in the ear. And it'll come back to Sickle, who is wounded himself. He is going to actually take his turn and is going to tend to Frostbite. Uh, I'm going to roll a d20. It's a nat 20. It's excellent. So he fishes through one of his side pouches and satchel and begins to work with some pieces of equipment. You really don't see what he's doing because you're kind of in the fray. But that's what he's spending his time doing. The frost giant is now going to say enough is enough as he goes 
Five, ten. This is gonna hurt a lot. Fifteen, twenty. And he walks up this, not climbs, just kind of like a high step onto each platform, pushing. And as he looks down at you, and he's gonna just kind of like grin and grit his teeth a little, and he's gonna swing with his massive great axe downward at you. That is an eighteen plus nine. I'm pretty so sure. So close that to hits. being a four. And we're going to roll for the damage, so he gets three d12. So the first is going to be one, the second is going to be three, so he's got four, plus eleven for a fifteen. Modifier is more than that. He has twenty-one points. I said fifteen, he's got a plus six, so yes, twenty-one, if I math that right. That hurts. Ouch! That hurts a lot. Yeah. You're, you're hurting. You're bleeding. You're sitting at about... 16? Okay, yep. I math that right. He is going to, uh... Yeah, that, that'll be what he does right now. It'll be your turn, Runa. Okay, um... That hurt a lot. So... No pressure. I am... I don't... think I have a shield at all. Which is fine. I mean, not really. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna keep hurting. Um, hmm. Lead him back down and try to get out of his way. This is a tough call. I, I don't want to be the next victim thrown off the... So, right. I'm gonna use my action to disengage. Okay. And then, using my feline agility, I can move up to 60 feet. Okay. So, we will do a nice 5, 10, 15. Going down, you can use athletics or tumble to eat. Or athletics or acrobatics to tumble or jump. Uh, Let's see. Will be a 12 acrobatics? Uh, Oh, yeah. You'll be able to tumble through these, these movements. And... I will kind of easily get back. I'll maybe take some cover over here. And I'll keep my bow out for now. Okay. Go ahead and move your token as well. And that was essentially disengaging and dashing, essentially, with. Correct? Mouse. Yes. Okay. Okay. Alright, so we're going to go with Frostbite, who is. Yep, he's kind of out of commission. Flakes is going to see you run in charge, and Flakes is going to move 5, 10, 15, 10 feet, right about there, and attempt to shoot uh, at the Frost Giant to get the attention with her short bow. That's a 9, that's going to miss, and just step back. Ice is going to, with his two daggers, go 5, 10, 15, press himself against the glacier, and he's kind of like presses back up, and he's like looking up above to kind of anticipate. He's going to hold action as fire is going to attempt to knock an arrow and shoot across, and will actually hit. She's starting to find perch with her arrows. It's going to deal ooh, six points of damage. Not bad. This frost giant is getting very angry. You're beginning to see signs of him taking damage. He's starting to show some signs. It'll go to Sickle. Sickle has his crossbow. But Sickle is going to yell everybody to take cover inside of the cave. And he's going to point in this direction. 
and he's going to hold his action. So he, he's going. No, he's not. He's going to unload. So he's going to take his action in his turn, essentially, as he's yelling, get to the cave, clean out that bolt that broke in there, and unjam his crossbow. And I'm actually going to have him roll a check to see if he does that. And that is going to be adequate, so he will be able to get it clean and clear. The frost giant is going to start stepping down so he gets to about here. And as he's going to step down to this point, Ice has pressed himself against that so much so that he is just going to like drive the daggers hopefully into the back of his calf muscle as he steps down. So we'll see what happens. His first primary strike with the dagger is going to be just gonna miss. I'm pretty sure it's a five. Let me double check here. I lied. Five fifteen will hit. Uh, so he will strike with his first dagger into the leg. And that is going to be a D4 worth of damage. So he's going to generate a total of four points of damage with the dagger. And then the other one is going to be his bonus strike. And that one is going to hit as well. So these daggers are starting to pay off. He's going to deal a whopping two points of damage from the dagger. Giant is going to kind of complete his movement up to this point because they cannot occupy the same space. But he is going to turn around and look and see ice as ice is like, Oh shit. Um, he is going to swing his axe at ice. So he turns around and swings towards him, and he's going to miss. Walk is starting to wane in your direction as Runa is your turn. Catching your breath, maybe taking a hand and leaning it on that stone pillar there. You look and see all this commotion. You can see Frostbite is bandaged up. He's wounded, unconscious, and bandaged up. Sickle is yelling to get to the cave. What would you like to do? Um, I am going to hold my action. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have my bow drawn. I'm going to turn back to Flakes and Sickle and say, go ahead, drag him in. I'll provide cover. And I'll kind of glance up to fire as well. And she kind of gives me a nod. Okay. As soon as the giant turns to move towards us in any way, like chasing them back in, that is when I will loose my arrow. Okie dokie, that's great. So Frostbite can't do anything. Flakes is going to grab Frostbite and half her speed dragging him along. And the snow still sucks, so it's going to cut her down to five. So she gets about there as they're moving. She'll go ahead and dash and get him that much closer. This is going to catch the attention of the Frost Giant as he's starting to turn kind of that creepy, you know, like one eye over the shoulder look in the direction of Flakes as she's kind of struggling to drag Frostbite. And Ice is going to take advantage of this as he's going to disengage and he's going to go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 in this direction. Fire is going to look at you, as you had stated before, and she's going to go ahead and just loose an arrow, hopefully to kind of keep drawing in the direction she's going to hit. She is going to deal five points of damage, and then she is going to go five, ten, fifteen, kind of walking the top of, of her kind of platform or ledge that she's on, moving towards the opening of the cave, and Sickle is going to back up towards that cave five, ten feet as he's going to fire um, as he's backing up with his hopefully heavy crossbow. That's going to crit. So <laughs> he's going to double his damage dice that he rolls, which I'm pretty sure is a d10. I'm going to double check that. It's a heavy crossbow. It is. 
So he will deal 6 plus 2 for 8, and his modifier is 1, so he deals 9 points of damage. Here's the cool part, though. So, in this season, we're going to play around with some stuff I wanted to mess with last season, but totally forgot. So I'm going to check my DM screen. Because he rolled a critical, I'm actually going to roll a d20 to see what is affected. He will do a lingering injury on this giant. So, well, you know what? Why don't you go ahead and roll? Since, right. since you're here, it's your background. You're telling the story. Let's see. Uh, two. So... The crossbow bolt is going to strike through his hand as he's got it on his axe, and it's going to pin his hand to the axe. Nice. Effectively, it's going to cause him to lose the function of his hand. The axe is no longer going to be able to be used as a weapon in that hand currently. Uh, so he drops it. There's a kind of a thud into the snow, a spray of ice crystals and stuff, and he is grabbing with his free hand. He's hurt pretty bad with that strike. Sickle moved 10 feet. Sickle's going to move. He's got 10 more feet. He can back up, and he will do so. The Frost Giant, because it was a critical injury and his weapon is there, he's going to spend that time to pull forth the bolt. The weapon will fall, and then he's going to have to pick that weapon up with his offhand or his other free hand. So he's only able to swing with one hand, which is an excellent thing. And it's going to be his offhand, so I might play around with some bonuses or, or not with that. He is going to begin to move five feet in your direction, causing you to do your thing. Yep. So if you want to go See do that. Yep. Not 20. Okay, that's excellent. Let's go ahead and roll double your damage dice. Nice. Except these rules get used a lot in this one. Six. I don't think I have used it all in the other one, Sean. 10, 14 points of damage. So he takes 14 points of damage. And go ahead and roll a d20 again to see what lingering injury you create. Uh, four. What you're going to do is when you fire that arrow, you find a weakness. You're going to hit him in the back of the Achilles. You're going to see just that perfect angle. You hit him there, and it's going to create a limp. He's not, like, completely lame from it, but now his speed has been reduced. And if he attempts to do any type of running, he's got stuff he's got to do. But he's, he's bad, so he's kind of dragging the foot. He's got a bum hand he can't use. He's only got one good hand to swing his weapon with, so I'm going to give him a disadvantage on attacks from this point out. He's, he's starting to feel it. He will drag himself five more feet, and he will swing at disadvantage with his offhand at you. And both the dice are three. He's going to miss. So that axe slams into that stone pillar and just creates this big shower of sparks upon you. And he just kind of lets the momentum carry and then just kind of plants it and stabilizes himself with the axe as he's starting to bleed profusely from all the different wounds and things. It'll be your turn, Arena. I am going to shoot with disadvantage. Hmm. Or... You don't have to disengage. He's just, you know. Okay. Because he swung at 10 feet. Okay. So, te so technically... He's... Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. I will back up to the opening of the cave, and I will fire another shot out, hopefully. Okay. Nice, uh... Yes. So that is 26 as I... Definitely hit. Back up a couple paces to make sure I can aim a bit. Mm -hmm. 10. Yep. And then... That was on. That is a d20 for damage, so let's uh, try again with a d8. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nine points of damage. Okay. 
nine points of damage. It's going to cause him to fall to one knee. You can see at this point, he's within the single digits for sure. So he's he's lumbering. Anyone outside of the cave still? All right. So yep. I'm definitely I'm gonna you know kind of look up at fire and be like, finish him off. Okay. And just in case, I am going to stow my start the motion of stowing my bow and pulling my sword out. A little better in these confined quarters of the cave. Okay, just so in Flakes case. Flakes is gonna continue pulling and, and getting frostbite into the cave. So that'll be frostbite and flakes. Ice is going to continue running. So he goes 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. But he's going to dash. 5, 10, 15. Let's say he stops right about that point. And then you give the look to fire. And fire is going to fire with her short bow. And she is not going to have enough. Unfortunately, it's a 14, which is not enough. And it's going to just miss. And she's going to quickly and nervously kind of knock another arrow in hopes that you know nothing bad happens sickle is going to move from the cave entrance 15 right by your side and he's going to level that heavy crossbow and he's going to attempt a shot and that is going to be a miss it is not going to happen and he's going to begin to back up again reloading slow him down five feet slower the frost giant is going to he's going to take a heavy effort to stand himself up he's going to limp here and he limps again as his speed is drastically cut, and he's going to try one last ditch effort to take you out at disadvantage on a swing, and that is going to not hit you at all. He will now use his multi-attack, which he has not been doing. He'll try again. Thank God. <laughs> and he will still miss. He will fall back down to one knee as he's kind of resting and leaning heavily on that axe. It'll be your turn, Runa. All right. Going to... I lied before. I do have a shield. Oh, excellent. You've, you've yes. remembered that. <laughs> I've remembered that I have a shield. Probably not a big one. I don't know. I lost the pack somewhere. A little, like, arm shield. Just enough. Uh, now, well, I need my whole turn to stow that bow and pull the sword. If you're going to stow it, yes. You can throw it down and pull your sword. Usually that's kind of the <laughs> around my table. Right? That's their cheat. That's Let me my... just throw it down and pull it. Um, I, I'll do it. I'm gonna kind of give it a. Actually, I'll maybe. Now I'm just gonna like drop it down. Hopefully, like, like at your feet. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And uh, gonna pull out my sword. All right. And get right up here. Okay. All right. Sword is nice. I only got a plus six though, so twenty-three. Twenty-three. I'll hit. And Did you step up? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, thanks. Let me get you come closer. Awesome. Yeah. Three, four, seven points of damage. We'll tell the audience how you would like to do this. So he has dropped to one knee. He's still got that, like, hatred look on his face. I am going to phrase a question, rather, as sure. right before I take my swing. A few weeks passed. Did you see a group of travelers come through here? Ones that look like us. As he's trying to kind of, like, breathe and all this stuff, he looks at you and he says, yes. As he kind of, like, sloppily kind of rubs his stomach as if he's digesting them or digested them. A fierce like wave of anger, and I'm gonna just take the sword and write down through his neck. Excellent. 
you will do so as you are sprayed with his blood and you will make sure that he does not live another second. He will fall with a thud into the snow. Probably at least one or two more stabs, probably. Oh, it makes just to secure. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Let a little anger yep. off. So the, the white snow begins to stain pink and red around where he is as he kind of bleeds out and dies. The adrenaline fades. Your party members have all kind of looked around. They're, they're trying to find out what's going on, making sure they're safe. Their adrenaline's high, and they're going to start getting into this cave a little bit more. Sickle's going to run up to you, and he puts his hand on your shoulder as he says, Well done. Are you all right? A little worse for wear, but did they seem to hear what he said? I'm going to say that no. The only one that may have heard is Sickle, and he's not giving you any impressions or Kinda inclinations. Kind of towards him. Gritted teeth. Sickle asked him if he had seen any travelers this way. I think he was the one that's... I don't think we're going to find them. He's going to put his hand on your shoulder and kind of give it a gentle squeeze, and at that time you're going to hear Flakes say... Everyone, come quick! There's survivors in here, is what you're going to hear. Praise the snow, mountains, whatever we believe in, I don't know. <laughs> Alright, so let me see if I can do this. Yeah, I'm gonna... If you want to go ahead and take off the lid to our cavern so she can see what she sees, hopefully I did that correct. Ha ha! Huzzah! I'm presuming, or assuming, I guess, that you're going to move into the cavern. Yep. Probably going to pick up my bow, so not in any type. Got a bow in one hand, sword in one hand, but just kind of jogging in. All right. As you begin to pass fire, you see fire looking down into the snow. There is kind of a cluster of bones, a pile of bones. It looks like they've been just kind of discarded as refuse and just kind of building up on the outside. She is kind of picking through them to see if there is anything... When you enter in, you can see that there's two very large um, bedrolls. Two. Two. Two yeah. large. Two. Two. Two large. Two. Two. As in <sighs> one, two. Large bedrolls. There is a collection of uh, fairly large stones that has uh, remnants of fire that's been used. There is two very large steel cages that are off kind of the back of this hollowed out ice cave and then there is a makeshift uh, kind of prison in the far back kind of nook right back in here Um, uh, looks like they've kind of carved out of the ice and there appears to be some people inside of there Um, let's see inside this cage right here you are going to see someone in there it will be her brother he is inside of the cage. Um, he looks very malnourished. His fur is matted and missing in spots where it looks like he's been plucked or tortured a little bit. Um, he attempts to stand and there's kind of this tearing to where his fur and skin may have frozen to the metal bars. But he's going to be able to move to the door. And he's very, like, please, please, very weak in his speech. Um, I'm going to say that Flakes is going to all out run to there 
Ice is going to make his way inside the cave. Frostbite is kind of resting against a wall. He's still unconscious. What would you like to do at this point, Bruno? Uh, take a look at... So was anyone with uh, Flakes' brother? Yeah, so that hunting party was about the same size, if not a little bit bigger than yours. So you currently have, what, five? You would know that there's at least seven that was with it. So you're only seeing one current survivor at this point, as Flakes is frantically trying to get uh, into this large lock that has her brother bound as she's yelling for ice. And he is going to quickly make his way over, pulling out a tool set of picks to hopefully help free the brother. You will hear fire as you're standing at the cave's entrance, and she is going to say, I think this is the remnants of the party we were looking for. She's going to pull up a few indications and markings that's going to unfortunately indicate that they did not make it or were not as lucky. Okay. Um, besides Flakes' brother, yeah. who else? Are there any other living people? Well, if you go ahead and give me a perception check as you look about. Uh, 15 plus 520. So I'm going to say you move in more towards the center. I'll go ahead and move your token to about this point there as you're kind of kicking some bits of scrap and stuff into the firing. You look into this this prison, if you will, here, and you're going to see frozen corpses to where they just froze to death and they're just preserved. You will see one of those supposed corpses reach up as there is a little life in this person as you hear a very faint small voice crying for help but you're the only one that hears it at this point as flakes is, is harassing ice to hurry i'm uh, gonna immediately you know like set my weapons down and gonna go see if i can revive her or well, her him. so this makeshift cage is pretty easy to open. You'll just move a big lumbering piece of wood. Your strength is probably at least a 10 or higher, I'm assuming, right? Yep. Yeah, easy enough. It's going to be a struggle, but you'll, you'll be able to get into the cell. You move over. She's under a few of the frozen corpses. There's some snow and ice that she's kind of stuck to. It's a, it's a human female. Dark-haired. It's very short dark hair. Her teeth are chattering very loudly at this point. She is near the point of frozen to death. She grabs a hold of you and kind of pulls you in, trying to siphon your body heat to warm herself. And she just kind of gets as close as she can. She's hanging on. What would you like to do? Let's see. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I've got you. And I'm going to turn back uh, to the party and be like, do we think we can start a fire here? I don't like that there's two bed rolls. As fire's like, yep, I'm on it. She's going to move in and you would be about here. I'm gonna, you know, kind of drag her back out. Okay. And uh, drag this bedroll as close to the fire as I can, mm-hmm. and drag the corpse over. So as we're starting to get the fire, I'm, you know, trying to get all her limbs. I probably pull out my canteen and try to get a little bit of water into her while we wait. Uh, I've hopefully it's a little warmer in this cave, so I'm gonna. It is the wind is not. not as Yep. So I'm going to take off some of my heavier outer pieces mm-hmm. so I can get some more body heat. Awesome. And really hope that another giant doesn't show up. <laughs> you can only hope. 
as all that takes place, I'm gonna say enough time to take a short rest if you'd like. That's up to you. I will they, probably take a short rest. Okay. Well, and uh, you know, I'm just kind of resting there yeah, with her. So go ahead. You can go ahead and take a short rest. Everything seems to be good. I'm gonna say that Sickle sets up a bit of a watch to kind of prepare her or look out for another giant. You would have thrown the bedroll over the human female you recovered. The fire has started a pretty good-sized fire with what scraps and things that they have. It generates a lot of heat mixed with kind of how you kind of pressed your body heat there. So that person is warming up adequately. Flakes is going to bring over her brother to do the same thing as he is uh, still alive, and they will free him from the cage. She, being the survivor that you have rescued, is going to look look at you and say, Thank you so much. I, I was praying to the gods, hoping someone would come. I, my name is, is Calis, Cal, Calypso Dawnguard, is what she says. I'm a, I'm a member of the, the Royal Syndicate. I was sent here, and I did not fare so well, as she kind of like tries to laugh but can't. Who are you, and where where do you, where have you come from? You look very much like. And she kind of nods over towards Flakes' brother. Say, so yes, we make our home up here in the mountains. My clan and I. My name's Runa. Kind of you know gesture around to the group, introduce everyone. Let's see, we have uh, our village about a week's sled down to the south. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as uh, we can get you, both of you, up a little and walking, we'll go ahead and see if we can make our way back down there. Uh, once she's warmed up enough, yeah. um, I'll probably then look around, see if there's any edible food that the giant has made. <laughs> well, there's some things that could be consumed. Right. Or am I just going to go out and start hacking this giant to pieces? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean. We do not have a lot of rations. I, I and... would say that there are a few bits of rations that he may have, like, snacked on before he consumed other things. So you can probably scavenge them to feed your party for this evening. Okay. But I think this is a good point right here to kind of, like, close everything down. And you can level your character up. Ooh. Yep. And I will kind of read a little bit of an epilogue or a conclusion as you're kind of tinkering and stuff. Uh, after the recovery of these two remaining survivors from the Frost Giant's dwellings, as well as, ex- as exploring around to scavenge any useful or valuable items, Sickle of Ice gathers everyone to return back to the encampment and prepare for departure packing up any surviving or leftover supplies and gear on the sleds that still are functioning. The hunt wastes no time setting back out to return to Frostmere. Pushing yourselves through the elements, exhausting the hunt, you make it to Frostmere in record time. The guards open the gate and celebrate your return as the village healers are sent for help to help the survivors. Helping unpack and giving reports. You make your way back to your igloo to settle in for a long rest. Much needed. (laughs) (laughs) Several weeks after the Frost Giant event, you're awakened by 
well, yet again, a rapping at your igloo's door flap. A light conversation can be heard outside your igloo as the voice of Glacier of Ice cuts through the chatter. Runa, may we come in? Do I recognize the voices? You know one of them is Glacier of Ice. The others are a little unfamiliar. Okay. You're like, uh, of course, come into Glacier. Entering in your igloo are four people, three of which are natives. You have Glacier of Ice, a.k.a. Glacier. There is, once again, Sickle of Ice. Sickle is there. And Frostmere's Elder Flurry of Blizzard, a.k.a. Blizzard. Along with the three of them is an outsider. A human male dressed for the weather. Dark, wavy hair with a very with very thick eyebrows and heavy stubble frames his face. Blizzard looks at you. Runa. This here is Sir Crispin Valentok, a member of the Royal Syndicate. He's been sent here on, be- on their behalf to personally deliver a message, in which he will hand over a note. And that will end this chapter of your backstory. Right. Thank you all for viewing. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned as we explore others and their backstories all pushing towards the first chapter of season two. Thank you. Thank you for listening to season two of Creating Grin. Every listen on your favorite podcast provider, as well as view on YouTube, helps support us as we inch closer to our goals on improving our show, so we can bring to you, the Crit Crew, exciting Dungeons & Dragons real-play gaming content. Share us on your socials. Help spread the word about Creating Grin. Check out our website at creatinggrin.com or our Instagram at crit underscore eating underscore grin. We're also on Facebook at C.E. Grin, capital C, capital E, capital G. Hit us up with episode questions on our Creating Grin Discord server, on our Talking Crit Questions channel. Game Master, Dungeon Master, looking to take your players into the world of Solaris? Check out our digital shop at coffee.com backslash creatinggrin at ko ficom backslash creatinggrin where you can purchase digital maps from our current and past episodes to upload on your favorite virtual tabletops, or go old school and print them out on paper and lay them forth in front of your players to conquest. Artwork from Creating Grin Season 2 is provided by our amazing artist, Megan. If you are looking for character commission work or just love amazing character artwork, check her out at her digital shop at coffee.com backslash That's at ko-fi.com backslash m-e-g-l-e-t-t-e-t Sound effects for Creating Grin are provided by zapsplat.com Creating Grin theme is Living Voyage from Kevin McLeod at incomtech.com Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution License 3.0 creativecommons.org backslash license backslash by backslash 3.0 backslash All other soundtracks are from the amazing artists found on Pixabay at pixabay.com.